current events. Cutting edge. Faith. It's, it's awesome. Encouragement on the go. <laughs> it's the SOS Radio Podcast. The Kendrick brothers have made movies like War Room and Fireproof and Courageous and Overcomer and actually have a new film coming out very shortly called Life Mark. We're actually talking with Alex and Stephen Kendrick today on SOS Radio. How are you, Alex? Hey, it's going well. Hope great to talk to you. How are you, Stephen? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for uh, letting us come on the program. So, Stephen, alongside producing movies, you also serve on the board of the Fatherhood Commission and the Christian Film Foundation. But the topic of fatherlessness is a topic that's close to our heart here at SOS. I mean, all month, our kids have been heading back into the classrooms. and We've been challenging dads to get involved in their kids' schools because there's all these statistics about how dads that are in the mix, kids are growing up with less crime patterns and less prison problems and you know better education opportunities. And it doesn't say anything about moms because we know moms are in the mix and most of the time with custody battles the stats say that you know the moms are generally the ones that have primary custody of the kids but a lot of times the dads just aren't present what have you noticed about the impact that dads have on their kids when they're more present man it makes all the difference in the world you'll see in scripture and in the modern day statistics that there is no one more influential in the lives of their children than a loving father if he will just get involved. If When a dad checks out, it's like a bus driver jumping off the bus, and then the people that are on the bus, the wife and the kids, are often left in a ditch or confused, wondering what's going to happen. I mean, how's the football game going to go if you sack the quarterback and just stick him on the bench? And so we tell people, man, dad, you have a priceless role, and you can be the hero of your own superhero journey if you'll show up at home and get engaged and get involved in the lives of your kids, and just be there. There's so many statistics that say that the number one common denominator across the nation of kids that are on drugs, of kids that have unwanted pregnancies, of kids that are in depression and suicidal, of those that end up in prison, the one common denominator is not race and it's not poverty, it's fatherlessness. And so if we can help dads to step up and be courageous, it will bless so many other aspects in future generations. Even the stress level of kids drops down when dad walks in the room and begins to do his job and be involved in their lives. The Fatherhood Commission networks over 100 fathering ministries together, and uh, we study the modern-day statistics, and we try to do things to help dads to step up. And I just can't imagine my life without my kids. Man, one of the greatest treasures of my life is going home and spending time with them. The Kendrick brothers have made a lot of movies like Fireproof and Courageous, and there's a new movie they have called Life Mark. Alex, a lot of the movies that you play, there is a central role of a father front and center in these films, and i got to imagine that's strategic. (laughs) It is. You know, we do that on purpose. We have a father. He has multiple sclerosis, so he has had health issues his whole life. But we have a dad who loves us, who has challenged us, who's prayed for us, who's blessed us. He continually encourages us and advises us on things, and he is in town with us now. You know, he moved down here from the Atlanta area, and we are so grateful for that. I I can't count the number of times I've been able to go to my dad and say, Dad, what do you think about this? Or would you pray with me about something? And so he has been a great earthly father to both me, Stephen, and our older brother, Shannon. And I, I want to do the same thing for my six children. So I'm active in their life and communicate with them regularly, pray for them daily. And when we were growing up, we intentionally had time with the Lord. 
we would do a quiet time as a family in the evening. So instead of turning on the television, we'd spend 20 or 30 minutes. We'd read a passage of scripture, talk about it, pray through it. And whatever was on our heart or burdened us, we would pray about that too and give each other counsel. And that was an awesome way to raise kids. We didn't do it legalistically or overly religiously. We did it very relationally and praying together and seeking the Lord. So we wanted those elements in our films. So yes, absolutely. There is a central fatherhood message and figure in each of our movies because it is so important to us as fathers and as family men. And at the same time, it's a great reflection of a heavenly father who truly loves us and wants an ongoing relationship with us. Now, Stephen, when you think about what it means to be a godly man, we go back to Scripture, right? And we could see some good examples and some not-so-great examples, but the good news is it all teaches us, hey, you know what? Jesus stepped into our place, you know, because he loved us. You know, God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, you know, and he stepped in and, and he took our place. And Stephen, your new film, Life Mark, is actually based on a true story, and it sort of revolves around the topic of adoption because there's a lot of kids in our country and outside our country that don't have a good dad in the mix. But you know what? As Jesus followers, I mean, how cool is it to welcome in some of those kids and consider maybe foster care or maybe adoption? It could be a game changer. Well, it's interesting that throughout the Old Testament, God was communicating, always show compassion for the fatherless kids, the orphans that are in your communities, because not only are they poor, but they don't have much of a means or training to even learn the skills to step up and provide for themselves. And so in the New Testament, you'll see in James 1.27, he says, pure religion before God and the Father is this, to take care of the widows and the orphans the fatherless that are in your communities, because they are the most vulnerable. Widows, having no protection, provision, help, support oftentimes, with their husbands being gone, and then the fatherless kids, the orphans without a mom and dad or without the loving family and structure that they need. A child ought to be able to walk into a church. If they don't have any dad or mom, they ought to be able to walk into church and see a whole bunch of surrogate dads standing around ready to Invite that kid over for lunch, teach them how to fish, invite them into their home, check in on them to make sure they have what they need. And so it's a beautiful thing when the body of Christ surrounds the fatherless in their communities. And then we can even take it a step further to support families in adoption or foster care. Or in my situation, you know, my wife and I had four biological children. We were happy, contented, and then God led us to adopt a baby girl and she's transformed our lives. You know, he opened up our heart to expand beyond just our biological kids and to realize that he can give you just as much love for this adopted child to invite them into your home. And I just cannot imagine our family without Mia, but also would just encourage people, just like the movie Life Mark communicates, adoption can actually be a powerful, beautiful experience that people will just open up their hearts and pray and say, God, what do you mean to do in this situation? So Stephen, what was that situation that actually grabbed your heart when you started discussing that and saying to your wife, hey, what if we consider adoption? Well, she, I found out, had been praying for me for two years quietly that God would turn my heart towards it. Because initially I was like, you know, I support adoption for other people. It seems like a cool concept for somebody else. But I didn't think, you know, that we needed to do that. But really, God just changed my heart. You know, I was reading the scriptures, trying to be open, 
And I remember meeting this man one time who'd adopted multiple kids. And I was like, so what's the story, man? You know, you got all these biological kids and adopted kids. And we were eating at a Chinese restaurant. He turns to me and he goes, you know, I just had a hard time living my whole life without rescuing at least one. And I was like, (laughs) whoa, it was like dagger to the heart, man, conviction, you know. But as we began to pray about it, God just opened our hearts and not only said you need to support other people in their adoptions, but you need to be open to it yourself. And so God's plans are always bigger than ours. They're always better than ours. They're more always more incredible than ours. But he calls us to faith, which means he's not going to tell us the entire details of every aspect of the journey. He'll tell us enough so we can step forward and move forward and trust him for the next hundred feet in front of the car, you know, in the dark. He'll illumine that hundred yards in front of you or whatever. And when you obey him and move forward, then he'll illumine the next hundred yards. So it comes with every aspect of the Christian life, whatever God's leading you to do, whether it's filmmaking or starting a ministry or going starting a, a local business or adopting a child or whatever it may be, you can trust him. He has a perfect track record, but you're going to have to take that step of faith. We're talking to the Kendrick brothers today at SWS Radio, and they make a lot of films. But Alex, you wrote the battle plan for prayer a few years ago with your brother, Stephen. And basically it goes from... Basic training to targeted strategies related to your prayer life. And I know a lot of times we struggle with setting aside time for prayer. I mean, you know, you can binge two hours of Netflix every night, but sometimes you drift off after five or ten minutes praying. But Alex, how do you push past that barrier to practically create a prayer strategy in your life? So it occurred to us several years ago, even before writing Battle Plan for Prayer, that we had strategies for our health, strategies for our finances, strategies for our kids' education, but we did not have a specific prayer strategy for each of the vital areas of our life. And so it occurred to us, yes, we pray before we eat or pray before, you know, you go on a trip or before the church service, but there is no good reason why I should not be daily lifting up my family to God in prayer, my children, their future praying for their future spouses, that God would guard them, protect them, guide them, praying for all of our hearts to stay moldable before the Lord and tender to His call. When we read Scripture, that the Lord would open our eyes and we would see what we need to see from Scripture and not just do it as a, as a religious exercise. We don't like religion. What we do like is a relationship with the Lord. And so we came up with a prayer strategy at my house. We regularly prayed, not just for family, but for our leaders, for our future, for our kids' future spouses, we pray for our country. We pray that God would guide our leaders, as Scripture tells us to do, pray for your authority. And so we have this prayer strategy, and even when we go into a motion picture, Stephen and I pray for, we make this long list, and we pray for a number of things in regard to the formation of it, the people that need to be a part of it, that God's Spirit would be all over it, that the audience, when they see it, that God would touch their heart and say what He wants to say to them, that they would be open, that we'd get favor with uh, distributors, that we would get uh, protection when it goes to other countries. So we come up with this long prayer strategy, and the more I got into it, the more things there were to pray for. And I look back now at those days where I just did simple, almost selfish prayers, and I'm almost ashamed of myself. And so I said, Lord, you said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Man. So we're like, we, we're going to go to him regularly I mean, instead of trying to carry our own burdens. So 
that's kind of the mentality that sparked us going into the battle plan for prayer. So that book walks you through various strategies of how to pray, why to pray, and when to. And if you haven't read Battle Plan for Prayer, it even sparked us when we were working on it, researching for it. So I, I encourage people to read that. It's been an interesting couple of years for churches, and we're talking with Alex and Stephen Kendrick today at SWS Radio. They're filmmakers, but they're also pastors as well. And your church in Georgia, in a small town in Georgia, said, hey, we want to do some things to impact culture. What do we do to impact culture and shine the light of Jesus from the town that we live in? And we're not exactly in Atlanta, and we're not in major city, but you know what? Maybe our church can do some things. We have special giftings and talents, and so your church decided you wanted to make films. Could you explain how that even started to unfold? Well, God had planted in Alex's heart back when he watched Raiders of a Lost Ark as a 12-year-old. You know, He was like, I want to do something like this, but I want to do it for God. And then at the same time, we had a pastor, uh, Michael Catt at the time was our pastor at Sherwood, and he said, you know, God can do great things through Bethlehem and Nazareth, which were tiny little flyover towns, I guess you could say, in the first century. And he says, so I bet he could do something in, in Albany, Georgia, which is surrounded by farmland and a bunch of gnats, you know. And so the church began to pray and say, God, would you give us your vision, your direction? So the whole idea of feature films being one of the top ways that people are being influenced in our culture right now around the world, you know, that idea. And then also to know that we've got the best truths that transform people's lives in the scriptures. And so as ministers, we're seeing the truth of God's word transform marriages and hearts and rescue people from addiction and change businesses and bless families and all these things. And so we begin to pray, God, would you give us storylines and ideas and maybe make a feature film just for our local community? And with $20,000 of money that was donated, we shot a little movie called Flywheel, didn't know what we were doing, but we prayed every step of the way. And that movie ended up impacting so many people in our local theater and was has sold internationally over a million DVDs and been downloaded even in, you know, pirated in other countries around the world. We saw the impact of that, and then we ended up praying about the next story, and that led into Faith in the Giants, which Sony picked up, and it had a, a release in theaters in over 1,000 theaters across the United States. It's in over 57 countries around the world translated, and that led into Fireproof and then Courageous. And so it's almost like we jumped on a bus, and when we said, Jesus, will you drive this bus? You know, he said, buckle up, and then he floored it <laughs> into this whole arena that was beyond our training and resources. But we've been just hanging on, trying to stay in step with him, and we've been blown away at what's happened really around the world through the films. And Life Mark, our new film, is coming out September the 9th. It's not only an entertaining movie and a family-friendly movie, but it's very inspirational, and it reinforces the message of life, of adoption, and, and that's really needed right now, especially with Roe v. Wade being overturned. You know, believers have to step up right now and support their state legislators who are now trying to figure out what they're going to do. And then also their local communities with adoption and women's, you know, resources and ministries. Yeah, because I think for a lot of us, it's making us say, okay, yeah, I obviously support life. I love life. I know that God's created every human being with special giftings and talents, and he knew us in the womb. And 
you know, he set up all the little sinews in our arms and our legs and every part of our body. But then we go, well, how do we, how, how does that flesh out in our, in our life today is we're Jesus followers supporting life from the unborn to those who are displaced and distraught and orphans and widows and even those near the end of their life saying, hey, you still have value, Alex. It does, and Proverbs reminds us that we need to defend those who cannot defend themselves. And so, wow, is that not a picture of the unborn that are being sacrificed through abortion? We've had 60 million abortions in this country. And yes, we're grateful for Roe versus Wade being overturned, but that just means that the battle is now at the state level. And we need to get involved with a ministry mindset, not just a legal mindset, but with a ministry mindset to show compassion at every level. Compassion for those considering abortion, compassion for those that are maybe dealing with guilt, compassion for the children that are placed for adoption. There are so many people that would say, hey, we can do that. We can afford to adopt a child and pour into him. And that is a beautiful ministry. And so for people to to consider God, would you have us to do that? Would you give us a piece and the provision to do that? And so, yeah, we stand. So even at our church, in our community, we have a pregnancy center that encourages, prays for, advises young women who are trying to figure out what to do if it's an unexpected pregnancy. And so we minister to them, share salvation with them, provide some needs for them, and walk with them through that process. And it is a beautiful ministry. And I can't remember the exact number of babies that have been saved and women that have been ministered to, but it's in the thousands. And so we are so grateful for opportunities like that. So that is what Jesus does for us. He shows us compassion, love, and he, but he presents truth to us. He does not hide truth from us. He presents truth to us. So truth and love go together. With a very sensitive subject like this, you know, with rights to abort or, or the protection to allow the baby to live, either way, we need to present truth along with love and compassion. I know we have a lot of resources here in our city, like Fostering Hope, that not only plugs families in who are curious about learning more about what foster care could look like or what adoption could look like, but it also resources families that are actually doing foster care, like when they need diapers and they need baby formula or they need cribs or you know just other clothes as these kids are getting older and the resources aren't always there. And that was something that was started by Hope Church in Las Vegas, and then if you Google Count Me In. Vegas, you know, the Clark County foster system has a spot where you can actually give towards those kids. Maybe you can't be a foster parent in the situation you're right now, and you're in right now, but you can support the foster parents that are. And I think we forget about that sometimes. Well, it says in Galatians 6 that when it comes to the small everyday responsibilities, that we need to all bear our own weight or our own load. But it also says, bear one another's burdens when it comes to the big things, with things that are too big for one person to handle. It says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, because Jesus came and bore our burdens on the cross that we could not bear ourselves. And in so doing, as we're living out his love in our communities, we have to be looking at one another going, hey, your family's bringing in a child and you're adopting and uh, y'all are struggling a little bit financially. We're not adopting right now, but we can help you. You know, it ought to be that the church and believers and friends are always surrounding one another and helping lift that load when it's too heavy. We had a friend recently lost a child to an illness, and the church just surrounded the family at that time in comfort and provision and support. 
you know, guiding them through that journey. And really, it's a beautiful picture of love on display in modern-day context. And so I think if we'll start looking around and looking at the needs that are around us, whether it be a fatherless child or whether it be a, a girl that's in a crisis pregnancy and doesn't know what to do, if we will help support them and surround them with little mini armies you know, of provision and comfort, encouragement, prayer and teaching and love, it can be a beautiful situation where the hands and feet of Jesus are on display. And instead of being overwhelmed by evil that's around us, we will be overcoming evil with good. Thanks for streaming Scott Harold's podcast from SOS Radio. If, if you're one of our regular listeners, would you consider giving it a five-star rating? It really helps spread the word.